Well, good morning, church. This has been a strange week. This message has been on my heart for probably two or three weeks now, maybe even a month, uh, knowing, as Debbie shared, today was, would be the anniversary of Doris's birthday. And uh, I was trying to think of a way, number one, to honor her, and number one, to encourage you. Her life verse, if you will, uh, comes from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I ask Dad, Al, whatever you want to call him, to to tell me why that was her favorite verses. And uh, he really didn't have an answer. I'll I'll read exactly what what he sent me. He says, these verses were the favorite verses of both Doris Carey and his mother, Vida. They set a pattern for for life in both of their households. So I guess there's a reason. Um, Proverbs 6 is engraved on Charlie and Vida's gravestone, and Proverbs 5 is engraved on Norman Joanne's gravestone. He says he's not sure exactly when these became Doris's life verses, but she clung to them during the uncertain times in her medical situations during the tail end of her life. It gave her great confidence in God's faithfulness to her. And her grave marker reads, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. So that was kind of why I picked this particular portion of Scripture yeah, I know it's Christmas. And if anybody knows me, I'm not a big Christmas guy. I'm not a bah humbug, although I remember a few Christmases ago, my wonderful sister-in-law, Judy, gave me a black Santa hat that said bah humbug on it, and I'm expected to wear it quite regularly. I don't. I think it ended up in the trash. But bah humbug. Uh, No. Um, I enjoy Christmas. I just don't enjoy all the festivities that go with it. I enjoy celebrating the birth of the Savior. But it's it's a time of year that, to me, gets over-politicized, socialized. It becomes more about the event of Christmas rather than the event of our Savior's birth. And I think I, I really enjoy it turning back to that. As Al read this morning out of Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to cover verses 1 through 8. I'm going to cover some of it pretty quickly, uh, but we're going to talk about mostly verses 3 through 3, or excuse, 3, 5, and 6. I want to read it once again. I know he just read it out of the, NI, or the ESV. I'm going to read it again out of the ESV and kind of talk about each of the pairs of verses. Um, In each of these pairs of verses, God gives us a command and a promise. In the odd verses, 1, 3, 5, and 7, he gives us a command. And in 2, 4, 6, and 8, he gives us his promise if we will follow that command. In verse 3, chapter, or in, I'm sorry, I did that first time I preached too. 
in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. So what's the command there? The command is to keep my commandments. And then his promise is the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. I said I'm going to talk through these really kind of quickly because I really want to emphasize more of uh, 5 and 6. In verse 3, it says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, but bind them around your neck. Again, the command there, Be faithful and remember. And the promise in verse 4, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Pretty simple, but not so. I'm going to skip over 5 and 6 and go to 7 and 8. Verse 7 says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, really, there are three commands in that short verse. To not be wise in your own eyes, to fear the Lord, and to turn away from evil. Again, three things that are not easy for us as humans to do on a consistent basis. And then the promise found in verse 8, it says, It will be healing to your, to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So the promise there is of healing. Healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. One of the... I guess I'll just say speakers, I can't remember exactly which one it was, I didn't write down a, a reference on this, called each of these human attention to divine revelation. Human attention to divine revelation. He used that statement probably six or seven different times in, in what I read and listened to that he was speaking about. Human attention to divine revelation. When God reveals something to you, pay attention. Pay attention. Do what it says. Verses 5 and 6. I'm just going to read those and then we'll, we'll talk, we'll really talk more about those. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. The first word, trust. Trust in the Lord. What does it mean to trust? Well, I went to my trusty dictionary, 
And the word trust is both a noun and a verb. As a noun, it means to firmly believe in the reality, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. A firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. As a verb, it really only changes a couple of words, but it becomes an action, as we know from our language arts back in seventh and eighth grade. We learned the difference between nouns and verbs. Verbs is an action word. It means to believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of something or someone. Believing in something or someone. Believing in the reliability, the truth, the strength of someone. Trust. What do you trust in? What do you trust in? A couple of weeks ago, I opened the refrigerator door in the morning to get milk out for my cereal. What's the first thing you do when you pick up the milk carton? Look at the expiration date. I hope I'm not the only one that does that. I did that. The date was like three or four days earlier than the day I was going to be using it. And I, don't, I doubt anybody else in here does this. I opened it and smelled it. I see a lot of nods. If it doesn't smell too bad, I'll put it on my, put it on my cereal because it's going to mix up anyway. And how sick can I get eating this much, drinking this much milk? If I'm going to drink a glass of milk, I probably don't want it to be three days past the expiration date. Well, anyway, it was three days past. I used it, but I informed my wife that we probably should go get some more milk. The next morning, I opened the refrigerator. We had not gone to the grocery store. I smelled of it again. I dumped it in the toilet. I didn't trust, I, actually I did trust the expiration date the second day. How about, especially this time of year, I know Brenda does this a lot, online purchases. Do you trust the security of all of the different online entities that you use? I almost have to. We almost have to these days. Uh, we've, had our, we've had our credit card scammed. I don't know. We never find out where it comes from. But we trust, most generally, we trust those things. Well, there's one thing we need to trust a whole lot more than the expiration date or security of somebody's website. We need to trust God. And that starts, that starts 
with trusting him and accepting him as your Savior. I know John Paternoster last week did a very good job. Thank you, John, for your presentation last week on trusting God. You didn't entitle it that, but it fit right in. How to trust God, how to, how to start a relationship. It tells us in Proverbs 28, 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. He who trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Now, I don't want to point fingers, but I'm guessing there's probably somebody in here who's trusting more in themselves today than they are in the Lord. Pretty easy in a crowd of 140 people that I don't know as, as well as I could or should. But somebody in this room hasn't trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Today is the day, people. Today is the day. He would want no better gift. You could get no better gift. So what are, you, what are the rewards for trusting? What is the reward for trusting? Well, Proverbs 3, 6b says, he'll make, your, he'll make your pathways straight. He will make straight your path. That doesn't mean... Sorry, I've got cotton mouth like crazy this morning. That doesn't mean everything that you want, everything that you've dreamed of, everything that you think you should get, he's just going to hand to you because you trust him. Quite honestly, it can be just the opposite because he has better plans than you have. It's not individualized guidance. Or if I want to buy, I, I, I go to God and I say, God, should I buy the Toyota or should I buy the Ford? He's not going to tell me necessarily which one to buy. He'll give me some direction. But if we follow his instruction and not our own, our path will be made straighter. It will be made easier. Trusting God with everything. Trusting God, not others, not a friend, not a religion, not a book, not a pastor. All can be very good things. All can be tools to be used by God. But trusting God with all your heart. Not 60%. That would be more like when it's convenient. Not even 70%. Not even 80%. 
Not even 99%. That's not what he wants. He wants 100%. Which makes this a pervasive movement in your life to trust God because it's going to permeate 100% of what you do, of who you are, of where you're going. And this doesn't mean that Monday through Friday, pick a day, any day, or all of them. That we live like it doesn't matter. Like God doesn't exist. And then we come to church on Sunday, we dress nice, we look nice, we smell nice, we act nice, and everything's okay. That don't cut it. It's nice, but that don't cut it. It has to be 100% of the time. I don't see him sitting here this morning. Oh, he's upstairs, Samuel. Yeah, I'm picking on you, Samuel. I remember a couple of years ago sitting in an ABF with Samuel, and we were talking through, I don't remember what the subject was, but what does all mean, Samuel? All means all. Means all. Samuel and I had a little discussion on that one morning. It was a really good discussion. But all means all. 100%. Not 101, because there's no such thing as 101. 100% sold out to God. Trusting God means to place yourself under his control, under his care, under his guidance. Because who can do it better? We can do some things on our own, but they're not going to be any place near as good for us as God's guidance. Again, 100%. Make it 100%. That's trust. Trusting God 100%. And again, like I said, that starts with accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And he'll direct you from there. The next phrase that comes in, it says, lean not on your own understanding. We're pretty smart people, aren't we? Well, some of us. We're pretty smart. We can do things on our own. We know how to put gas in a car, make the car run. We know how to do simple things. We need to use common sense. We need to think things through. Our main source for common sense, for understanding, comes from divine revelation. We talked about that just a couple minutes ago. I brought it up. I'm going to read out of Isaiah 
chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. It says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I skip chapter eight, or verse 8, so I'll back up and read it again. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Think about that for a minute. We know that. Probably another verse that we've memorized, that we call on in times of need, that we call on when things aren't going exactly right in our lives. It can also be very frustrating, those, those verses. It's kind of funny. The one, the one message that I watched online, the, the pastor was standing behind the pulpit, and he says, I need to move before I make this statement about it being frustrating because I don't want the Lord to strike the pulpit. I don't need lightning strike up here. Get me, not the pulpit. But it is. It's a very frustrating part because we all think we know best. We want God to ask us our opinion on the matters that only he can take care of. Lean not on your own understanding. That doesn't mean that if you trust God with your dreams and aspirations, they'll all just happen the way you desire them to happen. Again, we talked about that earlier. We need to remember, he's God and we're not. He knows what's best for us, so we need to lean on him for his encouragement, for his answers. And then it tells us to acknowledge him. What does it mean to acknowledge him? Well, I can actually go back to one of my previous messages. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was, yeah, it was the last one I did. To acknowledge someone is to recognize they're there, both physically and verbally. Acknowledge him in every situation. When is it easiest to acknowledge God? When things are going really well. When the job is right, the family is right, your life is in the right direction, it's easy to acknowledge God in those situations. Again, I'm betting in this room of 140 people, there's probably some things that you don't think God knows, that you don't want God to know. Well, first of all, I'm going to let you know, He knows. 
You just need to let him know that, he, that you know that he knows. Yeah, there's a lot of knows in there. You need to let him know that he knows that you know, or you know that he knows. Acknowledge him in every aspect of your life. A lot of times, the hard times are the times, though, that we call on our, our friends, our pastors. It's the easiest time for them to be involved in your life. The cancer's returned. You lost your job. You lost a loved one. You want the pastors to be involved. You want the leadership to be involved. You want God to be involved in those situations. Acknowledge him in those situations as well because he's in control of that. It's hard, but he's in control of that. We need to take it all again. All means all. We need to take it all to God. And as the verse ends, he will make straight your paths. Again, that's not straight, not easy, but he will direct you. Corey Tenboom, name we don't hear thrown around very often, but I found this quote from her probably all heard it before. When a train goes into a dark tunnel, that is not the time to tear up your ticket and jump off the train. That's the time to trust the engineer to bring you out the other side. When life gets tough, that's not the time to turn your back on God or on your friends. That's the time to trust God with everything so that he can and will direct your paths. So how do we get to all of those? We need to know God better. How do you do that? How do you get to know God better? Well, we all know the answers. You need to read your Bible every day. difficult. Shouldn't be, but it's difficult. You've heard my testimony many times on that. Even having been a deacon for several years, getting into devotions is a hard thing to do. But once I did it, it's the best thing I ever did. Read your Bible every day. Don't just attend church. Be involved. Be active. Are you in a life group? They're not for everybody, but that's an opportunity for you to be involved. Are you involved in Gather and Grow? Some of you say, what's Gather and Grow? Well, we should have that answer down by now. Gather and Grow is our Wednesday night multi-generational service that we've been doing since September very successful opportunity for you to get to know other people 
here at Calvary, getting to know God better. We need to pray more. I asked this question back when I was teaching high school. Yeah, that's been a while ago, back in the Don Jackson days. I said, so what? I asked, I asked the class, so, so when do you pray? When do you pray? They looked at me like I had three heads. We pray at church. We pray at meals. Do you? Do you? Great times to pray. Don't get me wrong. But do you? When else do you pray? When it's time for a big test? We should pray about everything. Pray without ceasing, it says in the Bible. Pastor Spencer was great at that. You've heard many, many, many times. Pastor Spencer would be driving down the road. You'd be riding with him. All of a sudden, he breaks out in prayer. 55 miles an hour and 45. Well, Father, and you hope his eyes are open. That was Pastor Spencer. Praying about everything all the time. Thinking about things going on in my day as I go along. I do a lot of driving too. For those who don't know, I probably drive minimum of 1,000 miles a week. I find myself praying a lot while I'm driving. And I might close my eyes once in a while, but it's usually when I fall asleep. And then I pray that I wake up. But, I mean, I find myself, I find myself out and about. I, I see a lot of people. Um, I have a lot of opportunities to touch people's lives. I don't take those opportunities as often as I should to pray with them. I might pray for them. I need to do that better. But a lot of times when I'm at work, um, I do a lot of walking at work as well. I don't want to walk back to the back room four or five times to get one piece now and one piece then. A lot of times I'll just say a quick prayer, hey, Lord, if there's something quicker, an easier way for me to find that item, help it happen. And not that he's a miracle worker, but he is. A lot of times that piece will be in my cart already or it'll be on a shelf two sections over and I won't have to walk all the way to the back room. And the first thing I say is, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Might have saved five minutes in my day, but thank you, Lord. We need to pray more. Be ready to pray more. We need to give everything to God. Again, this is an all means all. We need to give everything to God. Give him your whole heart. Give him your whole life. Everything. Even the smelly stuff, because he already knows about it. Even the stuff you struggle with, give it to him. He knows about it. He wants you to acknowledge that you need help in those areas. 
give everything to God. And in in tail end of 3, 6, as I read earlier, it says, he will make straight your paths. He will direct you in his timing. He will give you the right answers to lead you to the right direction. Might not happen when you want it to happen. His timing, his timing is the perfect timing. So the three takeaways from today, trust. 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 Trust God with everything. And like I said before, it starts with trusting him as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that, if that has not been something, an experience that you've had in your life, we've got a pastor, we've got some deacons who would love to have an opportunity to talk to you about that. Like I said, there's no better present to receive on a week before Christmas. And he wants to give that gift to you today. Acknowledge him. That might be the toughest one. Acknowledging him in every aspect of your life. We think we can do everything on our own. I've said it before today. You can't. I can't. We can't. Acknowledge him. And then follow him always. That's not just a today. That's not just a tomorrow. That's not a from the from the day you got saved. Maybe you got saved and thought that was it. It's all I need to do. Said a prayer, walked the aisle, raised my hand, met with a counselor. Yeah, you checked some boxes. Are you really following him? Follow him always. It's not about checking boxes. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with a God who sent his son to die for you that you can have eternal life. It's a decision I made in February of 1977. And when I made it, it was a get out of hell free card. I had no idea what I was doing. But I got scared to death and I prayed the prayer. In 1981, I recommitted my life to the Lord. As John Paternoster and I have talked, that's probably the day I got saved. Thank you, John, for talking me through that. But since then, it's been a different Dave. Yeah, you know what? I've still got sin in my life. I'm not proud of it, but it's there. We all do. 
progressive sanctification. We're all growing closer and closer to God. That's the always follow part. Always follow God. So back to the verses 3, 5, and 6. As Al said this morning as he was reading, 3, 5, and 6, we've all memorized those verses. We all have them written down someplace at home. You might even have them, I don't know, I was going to say tattooed on your arm. You probably don't have them tattooed on your arm, but they're there in the forefront of your mind. Um, I looked online. It, that, those verses are in the top five portions of Scripture that people Google, share on various social media platforms. They're very popular verses. But I hope today you understand a little bit more about those verses than to just recite them, memorize them, and go on. We need to live those verses in our lives every day. Trust, acknowledge, and follow. Follow.